0: Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. magazine. Welcome to the war room. It is a pleasure to have you. You know what's funny? I should have asked this. So it's Stefan, yeah? Yeah, it's Mm yeah. All right, I should have asked this before. I could have (laughs) ran a huge risk, the whole conversation just saying the wrong thing. Could you imagine? I know people do that. I know people do that just because they refuse to admit, hey, I didn't bother asking, but I'm not one of those people. So Stefan, it's great to have you on, man. Um, 3D thinking and training. Let's let's get into that in our favorite way. Jason and I love doing this when we kick it off. And that is, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs?
1: Yes, i do actually restaurant tours hey. uh, where i'm greek so um, ah yeah so uh, dad was daddy well was, was a restaurant tour he's still around thank god But yeah no he's a, he was a restaurant tour and he had several restaurants in his life and um yeah uh my father-in-law restaurant tour like pretty much everybody i know restaurant tours
0: <laughs> and the That's cool great, thing is
1: man. i'm not <laughs> so, he broke away. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm the black sheep of the family. I tried to go in there and fix his restaurant and franchise it and all that other kind of stuff. And he couldn't. In- he put me in in the front as a manager, a manager, and uh turned out to be, you know, just, uh, you know, a lackey in his business. So I said, goodbye. <laughs> Love you.
0: <laughs> no, I got respect for that, man. I get it. I get it. Um, sometimes people want their way. And if that's the case, then you got to go and build out your own. Yeah. Uh, and you chose to do something different. That's yeah. really interesting uh what was the moment that was it was it when you realized that was just going to be where it was and that was the room to grow in the business or did you see something or have something happen that you can attribute to that you said you know what i'm going to do this i've been thinking about doing this 3d thinking and training for a while now
1: this is going to be a little strange it's going to sound strange but i told you i was um i'm greek Uh, I was brought up Greek Orthodox, and one of the things that was going on in our religion was um, things that I just didn't really quite understand, and I'm a very analytical, well, was very analytical person. I asked a lot of questions, and so what ended up happening is I kind of decided to denounce the religion and start going out and trying to figure out, you know, what makes human beings tick, you know, Um, so I, I, I went down the route of studying the mind and, and the soul and how that kind of works together and stuff. And in doing that, I decided I didn't want to, you know, interact with my, my family from a business perspective in the same way. So I started off as a systems analyst and then um, moved into professional speaking and uh, started my own training company. Um, and it was all about, you know, just really trying to figure out what makes people tick and and that's one of the biggest reasons that I just couldn't stay in the restaurant business.
0: <laughs> so Just totally different way of thinking. You know. Completely
1: different way of thinking. Like, I mean, I asked questions that my, my parents thought, you know, I was the devil type of thing for a while. So, <laughs> and I even went up to our archbishop a few times, and asked him questions and he's like, I don't know where you're getting these questions from. Maybe the devil. I don't know. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> but, no, but it was, just, you know, it's just one of those things I like um, as, as, You know, an an analytical person, I just I just couldn't I I, I couldn't come to terms with some of the some of the dogmatic principles within our religion. But then what was really interesting after a while, I came full circle, you know, hypnosis, um, energy work you know, quantum physics, quantum mechanics, all that kind of stuff. And then right back to God again. So denouncing everything and then coming right back to it again, you know, through my journey. and Right,
0: uh, through your own definition and personal relationship with what that force is. I I get it. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah,
0: And it just happened to be that entrepreneurship was the vehicle for you to develop Mm -hmm. as a personal, like a personal development choice, right? Mm -hmm. It's funny because Jason brings this up a lot. Like personal development and entrepreneurship are like this, intertwined. You cannot separate them. So it's really fascinating that we're getting into this this early into the conversation. <laughs>
1: well, that's, the, that's my thing. Go deep, go fast. Uh, you know, I've been working with CEOs for the past 20 some odd years and helping leadership teams just kind of identify, you know, not only who they are, but the reason of existence for their inter, for, for their business and um, and pulling out of that their their ability to articulate their 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 most purest value and you can't do that without personal development and 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 i would say spiritual development to be honest right and really get really connected with source and really understanding that business and entrepreneurship is not at least now the way i look at it is an expression of god's work on the planet so um all these ideas that we get all these Epiphanies and amazing things to change the world, make a lot of money and all that kind of stuff. I don't think happened by accident. And, you know, because some people desire that. Some people want to wear a paper hat and work at, you know, a nine to five job, right? (laughs) You you know, so what's the, what what big, what is that difference? And I actually see entrepreneurship as a calling. So
0: I love it, man. Jason, I I know you got some thoughts on that, man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It is a calling, right? I mean, you can fight it your entire life. And because I grew up in a very entrepreneurial background, I was in the military for 23 years. And I got to tell you, the bug, when you got it, you got it. It doesn't matter what you're doing at that moment. You're always going to be, it might just start as a simple side hustle, right? Yeah. So you get a little side hustle going, and then you're like, oh man, shit, this is pretty fun, right? And it's like, God, this sucks. I got to be over <laughs> here because I'm having fun doing this shit right now. Yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, this is a real thing now. This is actually making some money. And then it grows. And then it grows. And then it grows. And then you're starting another one. And then another. And another. And another. And another. And then you're like me and you got nine businesses. So, <laughs> right? And it's just like, it never ends. It just it's doesn't a, stop. It's a virus. That's really what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: in, in, in a good way, right? I mean, yeah, if, it yeah, wasn't yeah, for, yeah. if it wasn't for entrepreneurs, where the hell would we be? I mean, everything that we see around us is, is a result of entrepreneurship, right? Mm. You know, our, our quality of life increases as a result of people were willing to stick their nose out and, you know, take some risks and make some changes in the world. Right. So that, uh, that that's the thing. Like, like I said, like, you know, it's a calling and, and and then, you know, once you get to a point that you've made enough, you know, money for yourself and enough freedom and all that other kind of stuff, then it's just about, you know, sharing it with the rest of the world and trying to get everybody else around you to get to that level too. Right. You know, my next mission for this next little while is, you know, I want to make everybody around me super wealthy. So all my friends, my family members, everybody, you know, and it's just like, I don't know where I got that from. Maybe <laughs> uh, post COVID, I don't know what the hell happened to me, but um, it was just like, you know, why do we always think about, you know, just making ourselves wealthy? Why don't we just, you know, focus on making some, you know, creating a sort of a, a symbiotic energy of great, of giving the ability of everybody around us, especially the people that we love and care about just to, to be wealthy and wealthy. doesn't only mean money to me, it means everything. So there's a, there's a big difference between wealthy and rich. So
0: I love that, man. It's true. At a certain point you can only be so happy making money for yourself and yeah. your happiness will only come when you see others growing because of the work you're doing and what you're sharing with them. And that's a bigger high than anything. Cause you're like, look at this. Look, and yeah. like you said, it's all part of this design that suddenly falls into your head. And like Jason said, it's like a, like a compulsion. You need to get this to be accomplished. And once it's out, then you rest until the bug bites you again. And that's why people will make an exit with huge figures and then get back. I need to get back in the game. And it's just, some people are just designed to build, to launch, to create, to conceptualize. It's, it's a beautiful thing, man. And, and, I can only imagine what that full circle was like coming back to the restaurant tour family and then saying, okay, look, I've come full circle and I get the point of the restaurants now. Do did you, did, did that ever happen?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got the point, like, you know, I went back and, and I appreciated my family in a, in a different light. I mean, you know, they, they have the, 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 I, I, I think that they have an immature sort of um, um position in entrepreneurship where they felt that they had to be there the whole time all their lives and all that other kind of stuff you know and it was just like they just didn't know that you can make systems and take those systems and make it so that you can make your business an atm machine <laughs> right you know like that kind of thing. they never got that so i had to respect that because that's their model of the world and they didn't want to change it so they You you know, and I'm I'm like, I'm cool, you know, but interestingly enough, as much as I I would say, you know, where they were and how they thought um, was quote unquote wrong. It made me who I am today. So I can't really say that. Right. So looking back and and going, well, you know, me being like, you know, kind of playing out the devil's advocate type of thing actually created the outcomes that I have in my life today. So I, I don't know. Everything happens for a reason, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You had enough of a foundation that you could come from the opposite side with a very, very strong, clear vision of what that would be. Yeah, Yeah. I I feel that. And so you sort of you sort of uh, mentioned it in passing, but you went from being an analyst to then public speaking. Right. Like (laughs) Uh,
1: I'll I'll tell you this story really quick. It's kind of it's kind of funny. So what ended up happening is um, uh, I became. Um, a computer technician systems analyst programmer all these kinds of things I, I ended up um, in my early 20s um, uh, I ended up working for a company called ICBC out here which is Insurance Corporation of British Columbia I'm in Canada I'm in Vancouver um, and, and what we did is uh, we had um, oh you know how you get your car insurance we had like 600 brokers across British Columbia that had all this car insurance uh, um, software and hardware and all that kind of stuff. the infrastructure for this to to disseminate car insurance across British Columbia cost the company about eight million dollars a year back then um and so I look I came in I looked at it and I'm like, yeah um, we could probably put this all on the internet change it off it would, like reduce all these systems, break it all down. Um, you know, take, take away all the lease agreements that we have with all these different companies, get rid of all the technicians and l- eliminate this $8 million infrastructure uh, pretty much in a year. Right. And so we ended up doing that and I saved that company. I, they, they just replaced the system now, which is 20 some odd year, more than 20 years later. So I, if I put the numbers together, I think I, you know, my, t- me and my team saved that company hundreds of millions of dollars right? <laughs> over the years. But what, what ended up happening is I, After I finished that project, I ended up just sitting in a cubicle. And then my manager was like three feet away. And he'd been in the company for 25 years. And I'm like, okay, so let me get this straight. In 25 years, I moved 10 feet that way. (laughs) 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 That's what I said. So I literally, that was where my head went. And, you know, and i had done all this. I was always doing this personal development work along the side. And I just got up and I said can't do this anymore ladies and gents thank you very much I, I walked out and went home um uh, told my wife yeah well uh we have to you know <laughs> I have to figure out in the next 30 days how we're going to start <laughs> making money differently and she goes what and she's pregnant with my kid by the way and she <laughs> she goes and she goes did you did, did you quit I'm like yeah and and what are we going to do now I said anything but that <laughs> right <laughs> why she goes well because I'm not going to move 10 feet in 25 years. It just just didn't fit for me. Right. So then um, um, I ended up uh, picking up the phone. I think I called about 150 of my friends and I said, look, I want to get on stage as fast as humanly possible. And they're like, what stage? I don't care. Just put me in front of people. And my first event was a friend of mine who put me in front of the project management Institute of British Columbia had 80, um, um, project managers in front of me. And I did an event and interestingly enough, the event was co-created by the coordinator and myself because she calls me up. She goes, Hey, I hear Steph. I hear you're a good speaker. I'm like, "Uh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Never spoken before in my life, but yeah, apparently I'm good. And so, (laughs) so, so, so she goes, she goes, what are your topics? I said, well, the great thing about me is I don't have any topics. I customize my topics to my audience. So why don't we sit down together and figure out what would be valuable for this group? And so we put together a, um, a stress management, you know, how to use your mind to to manage your stress um, evening. And I went and did that. It was my very first event. And uh, from there, kind of parlayed to a bunch of, you know, corporate events and stuff like that. Because these guys got me into all these corporations afterwards. And I was doing corporate events. And then once I was done that, um, I started my own um, event company or my own seminar company. And I was teaching uh, people how to stop procrastinating uh my first event had six people in it and within about 12 months or so i had 600 people coming to my event so i had to learn how to market i had to learn how to copyright i had to learn how to package and all these kinds of things all all that um you know in, in a short period of time but yeah it was it was great it caught caught the attention of a lot of real big speakers at the time you know names that you would know as professional development and you know in personal development space and uh and from there, I just kind of, I ended up consulting people and working one-on-one with, with high-end speakers and, and coaches, consultants and trainers and all that kind of stuff. And it was just, just kind of flew on its own after that. And that's it. Um, oh, I guess the the, the other piece is uh, I, I ended up like, as I'm talking to some people, you know, that were coming to my events. I found that for some reason, the people that were coming to my events that wanted to talk to me after my events were usually more sophisticated, more established business people. And they were saying, there's something deeper to what you're saying. I wanna pick your brain a little bit. And then interestingly enough, you know, converting from training to consulting, it turned out to be where they picked my entire program out of my head uh, while they were paying me by the way too. And so we created this program called perceptual positioning and it's how to position your business so that nobody can compete with you. And, and that was like kind of the practical articulation of it. Now I've recognized that, you know, it boils down to what I have in my logos, which says liberate de donum, which is liberate God's gift. So the ability to be non-competable in a marketplace by articulating your value, knowing who you are, where you come from and what your reason for existence is. And that's what it's, it, the, the, that's where we're at now. So um, so, uh, COVID hit me pretty hard, to be honest, um, you know, training and stuff like that and consulting is looked at, uh, secondary when it comes to, um, uh, uh, you know, something as devastating as what COVID was. Um, so, uh, I kind of, kind of had to step back and stuff and start thinking about maybe training other people to do what I do And I started doing that now too. So training people doing what I do and working with leadership teams to, Help their company become uncompetable.
2: That's
0: yeah,
1: me in a man. nutshell. <laughs> no, man, I can only
0: imagine. You know, that was a big part of your life, and it was developing. And I'm, I'm sure you were just getting started, as far as you were concerned. And and then COVID immediately impacts an industry like that in a big way. Yeah, actually.
1: it was it was a big hit. It was a big hit. And you know, it's you know, luckily we we made it through. Thank God. And you know, and I didn't. Well, I, I mean, I kind of lost my mind a little bit. For a little bit, um, you know, because when you're sitting at home doing nothing, all you're doing is studying and looking at stuff and reading stuff. And next thing you know, you go down rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole. And um, and what I, I think what I moved away from, which was always my thing, is that I have a very big passion for human beings, like, you know, and aliveness and livelihood and all that other kind of stuff. And all the narratives were against that. All of them. They were, they, they, they were around division and death and fear and anxiety and yeah. away from faith and love and gratitude and all this other kind of stuff. So, yeah. So I went into a little bit of a depression, <laughs> uh, got myself out of it. <laughs> uh, thank God for my wife and my kids and stuff like that. And then, you know, kind of came full circle again. And so now I think I appreciate um, I appreciate life even more because I was... You know, I kind of went to some some depths of despair, if you will. <laughs> so. Yeah,
0: no, I'm very grateful. I'm sure Jason is, too, that you brought that up. It's been a recurring theme on this show uh, yeah. th- that, that people, to some degree, at some point in their journey, hit that wall, and usually through no fault of their own, you know, and uh, such great news to hear that, that you came out on the other side even stronger than before,
1: yeah, I feel stronger. I mean, you know, more committed, more directed, you know, more compassionate, I would think. There's a lot of things that came out of it, you know, in a good thing from a good place. And, you know, and this is the other thing, you know, being, you know, us, you know, getting into bellwether and all that kind of stuff. I say we have this opportunity to do stuff like, you know, bringing the light to people's darkness. And, you know, and that's, that's the key. I I think right now, you know, Regardless of what's happening, you know, people are coming on the other side. They're 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 enlightening, enlightening themselves. And I'm and and you know, I'm starting to see more and more people sharing that light. And that's what's amazing for me. So
0: I love it, man. Uh for me, I think what makes sense now is now that we have that backstory, what are you working on now that you want the listener to know? Maybe they can get involved, support what you're doing.
1: What am I working on now? What am I working on now? Well. Um, I have a couple I, I got a few projects. Um, I think the most relevant one, uh, the relevant project right now would be is uh, I had in order to get myself out of the depression i I did, I did some work called uh, timeline therapy and I put I put some some kind of processes together uh, where what I'm doing is I think that there's a lot of people that are kind of in a post-traumatic stress disorder type of c- scenario in their life. And so I'm putting uh, I'm, I put events together and I've already done a couple of them here at my house um, for my kids, mostly because <laughs> I wanted to get them out of the the rut, of, you know, whatever happened in their minds and stuff like that. But um, essentially what what I'm doing right now is I'm I'm wanting to get people back on track mentally, emotionally, spiritually with their biggest contribution to the planet. And I've put together this this process, uh, call it, you know, we'll call it perception engineering is regenerate re-engineer your perception in such a way so that you can recognize your current value and start sharing it with the world. And um, you know, there's a personal aspect of it. And that's the thing that I'm I'm really liking right now because I'm taking all my friends, I'm doing it for free. I'm just bringing them here. We're doing this event for three days and then we're going out then then they're going out and you know, really actively, practically changing a lot of their daily decision making, the way that they approach things. They really reengineered their perception. So, um, so yeah, I'm I'm creating a certification program around it actually to train people on how to do it, not only to themselves but with other people as well. As a as a startup thing, sort of like a reboot, if you will, so that you can clearly then start being the best version of yourself in terms of business and entrepreneurship and all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, there's a lot, like I said, I think a lot of people got hurt, like families were, were separated, you know, friends were lost and not, not just, you know, not just, re, not, not, not just like lost their lives, but lost, you know, because of opposing opinions and those kinds of things like the, 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 the divisiveness that has happened, I mean, we need to get back to community again. We need to get people back loving each other again and stuff. And so, yeah, so here in Vancouver, I'm starting that. Um, And um, I don't know how people can help and contribute, but uh, maybe some prayers for now. (laughs) And if you're in Vancouver, (laughs) come on out. Um, You you know, um, I'm going to start doing some events around that um, just for free at first, just to to get people, um, you know, up and running again. So, because the, like I said, there's a lot of distraughtness, if you will, that I've seen and it
2: needs to change
0: right on, uh Jason, do you have any thoughts on that?
2: Well, hey, the fact is is we're still trapped in a little bit of an angry world, yeah, yeah. it is it just it just is what it is, right, and the only way we're gonna get out of it is doing it ourselves. It's not like yeah. somebody's gonna come help us do it or you know, there's nobody there at the front door going here. Step one, two, three for, for you as an individual to, you know, get out of this cycle. Right. So you mentioned the word community and that's how we do it. We so band back together as communities. We stop worrying about necessarily what's outside of our community to start with. Right. Yeah. So Jill's Tire Shop supports Bob's Coffee Shop with, uh, you know, she brings coffee and then the the local tire shop provides the tires for a local Chevy dealer. You know, everybody, their charities are all local charities. We're supporting a community within itself, right? And that's a start. That's where we start. We can start right there, right? If we just do something that simple, that is one step closer to just healing this whole cluster. <clears throat> you know what?
1: Uh, <laughs> I guess we're not allowed to swear because I'd be all over that,
0: <laughs> uh, dropping f bombs everywhere. Right? <laughs> I,
2: every every once in a while, I slip. <laughs>
0: But Call it a true. Freudian slip. Yeah,
2: right?
1: But this is the thing, right? I mean, you know, big corporations and all that kind of stuff, you know, they take away the the humanity in, in the buying and selling process, right? You know, yeah. in the buying and selling process at your local area. I mean, we've gone, we made a decision with my wife to go, uh, you know, we're about 95% buy local only right there's some things that we can't buy local but you know i I live in kind of a rural community outside of vancouver and you know we buy all our you know we have our own cow that we that we have like we buy we buy our eggs from here we buy like uh we grow our own vegetables there's vegetables in a local area we you know our friends they grow this we grow that we exchange and i i believe that's going to get us back like you said um, it, it's going to get us back uh, that, you know, Jason, you know, to to what's what's important is, you know, forgiveness. Number one, I, I really think that we need to forgive ourselves first and then start forgiving others for, you know, being influenced in such a way that they could hate you or you could hate them and vice versa. Right. You know, like is, that's the thing. There's, there's some pretty scary narratives that are out there that are convincing people to really not like each other. And I don't know about you guys, even in my personal sphere of influence, I probably lost three quarters of my friendships. Um, yeah. You know, and, and and just being honest, like I did, because, you, you know, it's just like, you know, I don't believe in what you're believing in. Like, they wouldn't believe in, in, in what I believe in, and that's fine. But my difference is I don't hate you because I disagree with you, right? They somehow we've learned or like in general like it's a kind of a societal thing that if i disagree with you i don't like you uh, that doesn't make sense to me because discourse and and you know people's disagreements is what creates evolution right but you have to be able to talk right and it, and and they've stopped they've they've stopped that too right you know if you believe in this guy you you know you like this orange faced dude or whatever it is then i hate you you know, like those kinds of things, and if you like this, and if you like that, I hate you. If you like this, they like. Wow, where did we learn that? We, you, you know, I, and the only thing I could think of is just influenced by via social media, via media in itself, and all that other kind of stuff. Because I, I, I don't get it. I know our prime minister here is. I could start dropping f-bombs if you'd like but um, (laughs) um, um, but but the truth is like the way that he's created created the narratives to go out there um, it's created a lot of division and hatred right which is really funny it's just like you know you, you know from a place of oh we're gonna love everybody and you know it's good to be this way and this way but if you're not this way, then you're evil. Right. And then everybody else buys that idea. Right. You know um, it's sad. It, yeah. uh, it, it, it's sad. I'm, I'm, I'm really praying hard that we'll switch that around and community forgiveness, you know uh, and then just compassion and understanding of others. Right. And where they're at, because we all know where everybody's at and, they got going on in their lives and how they made the decision that they make and how they formulated the beliefs that they formulated whether it's me or you or whoever it is right so i have to respect your model of the world you respect mine we enrich it each other with each other and then we can evolve together with new ideas that's what i think societal interaction should be about but
0: i'm i'm right there with you man we both are (laughs) i know for a fact and it's funny because people will accept this black and white view of the way society should work we're failing to realize that's a less dynamic person that you're choosing to be because to be a dynamic person, meaning something interesting, right? Something with changes and, and, and variables is to be able to agree with people on some things, disagree with people on some things and still respect each other just because we're both humans, right? (laughs) Like it's, it's a dynamic alive organic process and choosing to be decided ultimately no matter what this is uh, if that divisive decided pre-decided if they, if you will right if that's even a phrase like yeah that is a less dynamic way to exist and entrepreneurs by and large are truly dynamic people we're able to hold conflicting ideas and and create something of that, whether whether it's there is absolutely no no clear path forward. And yet at the same time, I have a clear path forward. That's what entrepreneurs are capable of doing. It's a weird yeah. thing in the brain of like ambiguity and certainty all at the same time. And so for me, I think it's super cool and it's super clear from listening to you why you were chosen like as a speaker so often and so regularly, there's definitely a fluidity to the way that you think and the way that you share and express the things that you think about. So for me, I can, I can see that clearly. I can see how that, how that came about. And uh, I hope that other entrepreneurs who are listening, take a note from that and what that means to be able to think out loud is almost an art in itself, you know? Uh, And it's a really fascinating way to do speaking. That being said, uh, in the interest of time here, if you could go back to that original guy, the one who was sitting there going, yeah, I'm not doing the restaurant thing. Um, I'm going to go, you know, and everybody was like, what is wrong with this guy? Knowing what you know now, what would you say to yourself then?
1: What would I say to myself then? You know, um, I don't have many, many regrets in my life, which is great, you know. one thing that I think I would say to myself then that I know now is that just because someone's passionate and loves and it has the the potential to succeed doesn't always mean that they will do whatever it takes to succeed. I've uh, in the past I, I've taken on some clients that have become you know partners and all that other kind of stuff, and I'd found that you know they had a lot of potential to be able to to create the success that they were able to create, but they never really created it at the end because of their ego or whatever it is, or their inability or, or whatever. So I have always thought if you have the passion, you could always make it, but it's not, that's not the case. You also have to have the, 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 the humbleness, the, the, you also have to have the ability to learn the ability to allow yourself to have an open mind and those kinds of things. And I, and I think in the, uh, what I had done in the past uh, it trained a lot of people, And some of the people that I've trained, I I, I held on to them too long. And so at some point, you have to know when to cut your losses. And I think that's what I would say to myself back then.
0: That's a valid, valid uh, sage moment. <laughs> no <laughs> when to hold them and no <laughs> when to
2: fold them. Well, yeah, that's, 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 that's exactly it. Right? You know,
1: I I feel blessed regardless of what has ever happened, you know, but, you know, it's hitting my, it's, it has hit my wife hard because she says these guys are not going to do what you're telling them that they're going to do or what you think they're going to do. It's just not going to fly. Right. And, you know, and I wish I just listened to her more. And that, maybe that's the other thing I would tell myself, listen to your wife more often. That That's what I would, <laughs> your future wife, listen to her more often. That's what I would say to myself as well. Right. You that know, is, that is but also I, I, a
0: recurring theme.
1: <laughs> right. But I, I, I just, you know, I love people and I love their potential. I know that they, they you know, but once again, you know, once the ego kicks in, it's tough to mess with that, right? So and then the limitations if someone's not humble and open enough to be, you know, to to listen, you, you know, not only to themselves but to their, to their environment, you know, it stops them from being the best version of themselves. So
0: Yeah, man. It takes me back to, funny enough, I remember a buddy of mine took me to a a Yanni concert, I think was his name. And uh, at the end of the concert, he was like, I want to share with you something really important to me. We actually have four different uh, words for love in in Greek. And he started breaking them down. And I don't recall them exactly. But I remember when I heard that, I was like, just think of like the to have a concept culturally that there are four different types of love, like and what that means. Right. Like just conceptually as a culture to carry that with you what that does, right? We're talking about culture and the way society interacts with each other and, right. and, and less dynamic, more dynamic ways of engaging with each other. And so a lot of what you say, again, resonates with this idea of like, it's love, you know? Yeah. Love for, for Love for fellow human beings.
1: That's what it boils down to. Hey, there's a Greek word that everybody should look up and try to figure out what it means. It's called philotimo.
0: Philotimo. F-
1: yeah, philotimo. Now, there is no
0: English uh, equivalent
1: translation, uh, English translation or translation uh, that is equivalent. Uh, and even if I explain it to you, it's still not as, as powerful as what it means to Greeks. So, philotimo is the honoring of friendship and being honored to be a friend and being honor, honoring as uh, to other friends. And that whole that word, um, if we could somehow encapsulate it, and put it into our narratives of of our life i guarantee you it would change society overnight so filotimo uh, is the thing that everybody needs to look up and see if there's a way that we can use that as as a verb in our day to day you know realities you know the honoring of others around us you know yeah uh, man a, no you know,
0: powerful stuff now uh, I'm ready for the grand finale, Jason. Is it is it go time? All right, a grand finale. Uh, if, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For for twenty thousand points. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if uh, if you could have invited anybody to this conversation today, who would you have loved to have had here, and why?
1: Jordan Peterson.
0: Yeah, man. I see that. I see that.
1: <laughs>
0: I see that. There,
1: there... There's there's not very many men or women in the world like there's a few but Jordan is one of them that I believe he's our version of of this at least this generation's Socrates Aristotle you know I, I I really think he's one of the the greatest thinkers that ever lived and I I've I've listened to pretty much watched pretty much everything that he's ever done read both of his books and I have to say that if we could just get a 10 percent of his understanding and implemented in our world our world will change and uh he's a saint in my books. so yeah Jordan Peterson
0: oh it's powerful stuff man I know a lot of people tend to be polarized by what he says but he's not he's not saying it's a polarize you he's he's getting you to look at asking yourself why that triggers you to begin with at all right yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it, it, interestingly enough the people that get polarized by Jordan they just don't understand him and and I would I I, I would just Beg them, just go deeper, right? Because there's there everything that he says. I don't know if you guys know this, but he wrote a book uh, um, called Maps of Meaning, and yeah. the maps of that book, he rewrote every line fifty times, <laughs> every line for preciseness, so that he can get his word his, his word across. There's nobody I know that has that level. Uh, very few people that I know that have that level of care to want to communicate effectively. And there there isn't one. So uh so he's he is an effective communicator. Just because people don't necessarily like get triggered by certain words, they should look that in, look into that because those triggers mean something about themselves, not about what they're hearing from someone
0: else. So yeah, no. All right. It's been an absolute pleasure, man, having you on. Uh it it's, really, fun. it's really cool to see how much you care about the people around you. I feel like people around you are very lucky to have you in their life. Uh, And entrepreneurs tend to be that person in their circle. Uh, So a great example of that and a great reminder for those who are that person, just how much influence and impact you have on the people around you beyond just your business. Uh, Remember that you're a human too. You're not not your business. I think that's another thing that came from this conversation. Those are my thoughts. Jason?
2: Yeah. I always say, look, we all get up maybe at different times of the day, but uh, (laughs) we all get up every single day and we do the same things. We brush our teeth. Well, hopefully (laughs) brush your teeth, you put your pants on, shoes, you do all those things. We all do those same things. So nothing makes one person any more special than another. um, In my opinion, anyway, Um, nobody's too big. To be a part of something, you know, none of us are too good to stop on the street and have a conversation on a park bench with, a, you know, somebody that looks like they're less fortunate or whatever, right? Those are all the things that we need to keep doing every single day. And if everybody would do that, they say if everybody did some one thing every day our whole community would shift. If everybody just did one thing, the simplest thing of just buying the person behind you a coffee, their coffee, I got it. Right. It's the little stuff that just makes you just brightens your day. And then it runs off the a-hole right? yeah. <laughs> runs off the a-hole of it. So it's like, you know, keep doing what you're doing, brother. Thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You guys
1: are Um, awesome, man. And thank you for giving people a voice and letting them tell their story and, you know, giving them the opportunity just to speak. And, and you guys are, you guys are beautiful human beings. And, you know, it's a great, uh, it's an honor to be here and an honor to have uh, interacted with you in this way. And I'm looking forward to doing it more often with you guys either as as a group or individually or whatever. So we'll get to know you guys more for sure.
0: Awesome. Right on, brother. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.